Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rain, the power of you, a podcast about becoming the leader of your life and truly succeeding on your terms. I'm your host, Sharon Bakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Listening here will give you everything I've learned in 10 years of leadership coaching, as well as myself having survived death, trauma, and recovery to thrive once again. I've created this podcast for people just like you who are on the brink of transformation and ready to live powerfully in every part of your life. Every episode focuses on life fulfillment, self-esteem, and deep growth. We give you the tools, strategies, and techniques to apply so that you can live your most powerful life. Plus, we regularly feature humans who are serious badasses to keep you inspired. I love hearing from my community, so wherever you're listening from, drop me a photo or screenshot on Instagram, and remember to say hi with a tag. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Today, I wanted to talk about resilience and what it really takes to overcome adversity. I think we could all agree that 2020 has been a rough year for so many of us in the world on so many levels. There has been an overwhelming sense that the world is full of catastrophe, that everything that we need to be real and normal has been completely obliterated, that everything we think of as being part of our life that we had dreamed for ourselves has had to change in some way or in some cases been completely smashed to pieces. It's not easy to cope in such tumultuous times. It's definitely not easy to cope in times of change. And it's actually incredibly difficult to cope with a monumental level of sustained change. Change is always discombobulating. Change always makes us feel like we go into fight or flight mode. As human beings, we like a measure of control. We like to feel like we can influence outcomes. And I think what 2020 has taught us is how little control we have over the environment we have and how much something can come from out of nowhere and completely shatter our dreams, our lives, our livelihoods, as well as our ability to get the outcomes and goals that we had thought were really important to us at the beginning of the year. So how do we cope? What is resilience? And what are some strategies we can use to actually get us from despair to, I can get through this. I've actually divided this up into three central modes of strategic thinking. The first way of thinking involves thinking about ourselves. The second mode of thinking involves taking action. And the third mode of thinking is how to actually be in it for the long haul and how to actually take ourselves from, I can actually deal with this now and I'm coping okay, to... I can cope with this no matter how long this goes on for, and I'll be okay. In the first category of strategy, what I would like to think about is ourselves. How can we innately and internally reprogram ourselves so that we can think of all of this crisis in a different way? The first thing we need in order to orchestrate such a change in response within us is to learn acceptance. Acceptance simply means really and truly internalizing the idea that we have no control over what happens in our lives. Now, of course, I don't want you to take this as a phenomenon that you take with you in every part of your life. Staying close to the idea that we can initiate change in our life and positive change is one of the central parts of success, goal setting, as well as having outcomes that we love in our lives. But In times of adversity, it is really important to take the opposite tact, which is I accept what is thrown at me. I accept that it's not personal. I accept that this isn't happening to me, but it's something that in my life that is happening that I must now react and respond to. Acceptance says 
I will take what life gives me and I will do something with it that is of my own volition. I will accept what I can control and relinquish what I can't. I will try to avoid feeling despair at things that are out of my hands. I will try to think of this as a learning journey and a learning experience and something that I just want to hold close to my chest but not internalize and let it define my being. When we allow external circumstances to define us, what often happens is a feeling of I am going to give up. And in times of adversity, it is really important to never let ourselves get to the point of, I want to give up. What we want to do in times of adversity is think about, how can I accept this and understand that it's not personal? That the universe didn't choose me from a lineup of people and choose to smite me with a giant rock, right? And until we get to that point of acceptance, it's not just 2020 or COVID-19 or a global pandemic or an economic recession. It's not just those things that are going to get to us, but any adversity we have in life. So we must learn acceptance so that we can accept anything that happens in our life at any time, not just in 2020. The second thing we need to do within ourselves is learn to detach. Now, detachment is actually very different to acceptance. Acceptance means I accept what's happening to me. I will take it on as though I had chosen it. I will take it on and feel like I want this in my life and I welcome it in my life. And how can this teach me something? Detachment, on the other hand, says I will accept this in my life and I'm not going to feel about it. I'm going to try to avoid getting emotional about it. Now, emotion is really important. Don't get me wrong. We must feel emotion in our life. Emotion is the central point that makes us human And feelings are the one thing that we as humanity uniquely use in order to strategize and make decisions and come to fulfillment in our life. Emotion is important. But sometimes in times of stress and in times of extreme sensitization to all that's going on in the world, detachment will be the thing that saves us. Avoiding the feelings of hurt and pain, because really this is happening. There's no point feeling pained about it or hurt about it. It's not about suppressing your natural feelings. It's about detaching from those feelings and understanding that they are a central point of life and they are going to happen and they are going to wash over you, but to let them wash over you and then say, it's okay, I can feel better from this. I don't have to wallow in this. I don't have to sink into these feelings of despair. I can just let them wash over me and I can detach from it after. Detachment says, I both accept this, but also don't need to act upon this. So you don't have to make your feelings become actions through the lens of them, through the lens of the hurt and the pain. Now, when I think of detachment, I actually think of this. Am I able to simultaneously feel the hurt and pain of what's happening to me and also acknowledge that the heart of life is good and that there are good things happening in the world and that this will pass? If I can acknowledge all of those things, then usually I know I've reached a sufficient level of detachment. When I'm overwhelmed and obsessed with the hurt and pain and the feelings I'm going through, that's when I know I haven't reached a good enough point of detachment to be avoiding taking drastic or silly or irrational actions through a lens of fear and pain. The third thing I like to do in centering my feelings around myself is to actually relinquish control. What I mean by relinquishing control is... I don't feel like I can exert an outcome on this situation. 
I decide within myself that I'm not going to make any big decisions around outcomes and goals because I know for a fact that these things are out of my hands. Relinquishing control can only come after acceptance and detachment. Acceptance means I will take on what is happening. Detachment means I'll take on what is happening, but try not to feel too much about it or try not to act upon the acute feelings that this is giving to me and rather try to get to a point of peace before I take action. And relinquishing control says, you know what, I might take action and I might not take action and both ways are okay because it's actually okay to relinquish that sense that we must take action and find a solution for everything in life. We must understand that we cannot find a solution for every problem in life and that some problems indeed aren't ours to solve. All of these three things, acceptance, detachment, and relinquishing of control, will be the first step in strategizing how to feel resilient in adversity. Now, the second step in feeling resilient through adversity will be how can we take action? Why does the strategy of taking action come after I spent a whole segment of this describing why you shouldn't take action? Taking action is fine, but we must only take action after we have processed all of that emotion within ourselves. So the key here is to work on yourself first. And when can we can be really clear that we are going to take action because we have managed to relinquish control, detach and accept then the action that we take will be ones that are actually effective and take us towards a path of strategic-based solutions, not just reactions. Now, the first thing in action is to accept different outcomes. So to understand that the outcome may not be what it looked like at the beginning of 2020, to understand that at the end of all of this adversity, that you may be sitting in a different place in life than you thought you might be. That in all of the adversity happening or all of the hardship, to accept that in all of the hardship that's happening, it would be unreasonable to accept a same level of outcome as you had previously thought was possible. When we can internalize that a different outcome is imminent and probable, then we can go on to actually say, okay, now that we have a different outcome point or a different level of expectation around what I thought was going to happen, now what do I do? Now, the second step to taking action would be to change direction or change the method. Like I said, if we have learned to diminish our expectation or change our expectation of what's to be expected, then we can say now, how will I get there? Let me modify what the outcome was going to be. Let me accept a different goalpost. Let me accept a different milestone. Now, do I need to change my direction or my strategy in order to get there? I kind of call this changing the route. You know, you might have thought you were going somewhere by road, but you might have to get there by public transport instead. You might have to take a ship. You might have to fly. When we accept different modes of transport, then getting to a destination that was not what we hoped may feel a little bit different, but maybe more palatable, right? The third part of taking action is actually to reinvent ourselves. Now, this is probably the thing that we jump to first in times of adversity. I know all of us have had that moment, right, where we are going through something hard, so we decide to change up our home, or we decide to move furniture around, or we go out and get a whole new outfit. Reinvention is a really attractive part of being a human. It is almost like we are snakes shedding our skin. Every time something difficult happens to ourselves, we go into a mode that says, I'm going to change up who I am and therefore things will get resolved or things will improve. 
This isn't wrong. Reinvention is actually a really, really great part of processing difficulty and processing raw emotion. However, reinvention without the forethought of acceptance, detachment, and relinquishing control is dangerous because we might be reinventing ourselves into something that we didn't really want in the first place because we haven't processed that raw emotion and pain and hurt into something productive. And this is why reinvention so often involves destructive behaviors. If you've ever taken up a lousy habit because of something bad happening to you in life, you will know what I'm talking about, right? You will know about that time you binge anything from Netflix to ice cream to food to alcohol to anything else. You all know about that time you embarked on a series of crappy relationships because you were trying to reinvent yourself and as such, attracted different people into your sphere, right? The reality is that reinvention can be really constructive or really destructive. And it's often destructive when we haven't gone through the motions of first accepting, detaching, and relinquishing control. It can be equally destructive if we haven't gone through the motion of changing what our goalposts and our outcome should be and actually understanding what route or what strategy we're going to take to get there. Because otherwise you're just reinventing yourself without an idea in mind of what you want your future to look like. If you've done the first five things, acceptance, detachment, relinquishing control, understanding what the new outcome or goalpost should be, and understanding what your new strategy is going to look like, then reinventing can be a really constructive thing. Reinvention simply means I'm going to morph myself or mold myself like a chameleon into the new reality that is presenting itself. I'm going to take it on as though I chose it, and I'm going to move forward in this new reality as a new version of me to match the new reality, to match the new circumstance. If we have successfully processed the emotion within ourselves and we have decided constructively what action we should take from both a milestone as well as a reinvention perspective, then we can move on to think, how can I actually manage these things for the long-term future? Because the reality is that some problems are come and go. Some problems come into your life, change things up, you have to be strong for them, and then they leave. And this is what's known as surge capacity. When something surges, you have the capacity to be resilient through it. But some problems linger. You know, some problems are ones that last for a long time. How do we accept that they are going to last for a long time? And more importantly, how can we stay the course? How can we make sure that we are in it for the long haul and that we can have the resilience to deal with it in the long, in the long term? The first thing here is patience. Now, patience is, I hate saying patience is a virtue because it's not, but patience is a really essential life skill that we need to cultivate. Patience is something that we don't actually have a lot of, particularly in the modern world. Our lifestyle does not set ourselves up for patience. In a world where we can send communications in milliseconds, where we can get in touch with pretty much anyone through a multitude of channels, where we can get what we want simply by posting something on social media, where research is no longer something that takes years, but something that can take mere minutes, when we have information at our fingertips every moment of the day if we want it, patience is not something that we've learned to cultivate. Everything we do in the modern world is fast. Fast food, fast fashion, fast outcomes, fast information, fast knowledge, fast acquirement of things. And we haven't learned to slow that down. To learn patience is to understand first that patience is a skill. 
Patience is something we have to execute in a traffic jam when someone annoys us, when someone is being confrontational, when we feel confrontational at work, when we can't get in touch with someone. Patience is something we cultivate on the daily. When the toast takes too long, when we have to wait for our food an extra amount of time, when we have to cook something slowly or produce something with our bare hands. If we're not cultivating patience on the daily, then it's going to be something that's really difficult to authentically activate when we need it most, which is when we are being affected by adversity, when we have big problems. Patience is ultra hard when our emotional systems and psychological systems are already let down. Add to that physicality and physical issues like injury or stress or pain, and our patience is one sin, literally and figuratively. And so if we want to have a long-term mindset to adversity, then what we want to do is really strengthen that patience muscle. Every single day, think about what we can be more patient about. Now, you can start doing this even if you're in the middle of adversity. I actually started doing this for the first time when I was recovering from major medical trauma. And what I did was every single day, I tried to wait out something an extra minute without getting upset. And when I did this repeatedly, even when I was under duress in my body, in my mind, in my soul, what happened is that I cultivated the practice of patience. And I started seeing it in little things, like someone else would react if they were caught in a traffic jam. And I would sit there and go, that's okay, we'll get there eventually. Now, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some kind of Zen master of patience. But what I will say is that I've improved a lot in this aspect of my personal being. And I've learned so much about being patient and the benefits that can accrue from being patient, from peace of mind to being just more socially likable because you're not someone insisting on results now, 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 to actually being more resilient in adversity. Because when problems happen, I no longer jump to a solution or jump to reinvent myself or jump through hoops trying to pretend it's not happening. I now just sit with it and have patience. Learning to cultivate the skill of patience has taught me to be patient with other people, patient with circumstances, and patient with myself. And right now, in times of crisis, and 2020, let's be honest, has been a long crisis for so many of us, I have learned truly that patience has been the most important muscle I have worked on in the last three years. The next thing we want to cultivate in order to go through adversity in the long haul in a way that isn't too detrimental or traumatic to ourselves is to cultivate determination. I like to define determination as literal weightlifting, but for your mindset and for your heart. Now, for me, when I think about gym work, weightlifting, rehab, or bodily strengthening, what I think about is repetition, activation, technique, frameworks, and a plan. When I think about determination of the mind and the heart, they actually encompass the same things. Technique is really important in any kind of mindset strategy. Applying of intentional and mindful practice is really important in cultivating our psychological muscles. Being determined and staying strong involves a high level of application to habit that three times a day you might apply yourself to highly intentional and strategic thinking about how you can do it and you will do it and you must do it. Becoming very strong and determined in your mindset and heart involves repeating mantras and life skills and life lessons, repeating mantras and life lessons that matter to you on the daily. It involves turning inwards, shining a light on your gaps in your soul and working on them and making yourself strong in every way. It involves actually 
applying yourself in doing the things that we don't want to do, such as seeking help like therapy for our mindset issues, such as detaching from drama and being determined to detach from the drama in your life, such as cultivating strong responses to issues that don't align with our values because part of mindset is living by our values. And part of determination is taking small steps every single day that work towards our vision in life and our strategy of where we want to end up at the end of our life. Now, the last thing we're going to talk about in terms of the long haul approach to adversity is resilience. Now, here's the thing. I feel like I've been talking about resilience for the last 20 minutes, but the ultimate thing to cultivate is resilience itself. What does resilience mean? Resilience means an ability to have bad things happen to you and to say, I'm going to be okay and actually believe it and be convinced by it. Obviously, there's a lot of physical things you can do to cultivate resilience. But for me, the biggest marker of resilience is this, that even when the going gets tough, the toughness doesn't eat you up, that we don't lay there a victim to circumstances, that we are able to say, this sucks and I have no control over it and I don't know what tomorrow may bring. And tomorrow may bring giant catastrophe, but that's okay because I truly believe that I'll be okay. Now, call this optimism. Call it courage, call it positivity, call it a sense that innately we don't believe in death. Whatever you want to call it, that's resilience. Resilience means refusing to believe the game is over until it's actually over. Resilience is cultivating a mindset that says, I will not be beaten down by this. I may be impacted, hurt, and affected by it, yes, but I'm not going to be beaten down by this. I am going to fight back. I am going to crawl my way out of here. I'm going to learn what it takes in order to get over this. When we have that mindset of resilience, we can overcome anything, short haul, long haul, big and small. And how do we cultivate this resilience? Well, the answer is in the first eight things I covered. Acceptance, detachment, relinquishing control, changing directions, accepting different outcomes, reinventing ourselves as needed, having patience, and having pure determination. All of those eight things will culminate in having a really strong sense of resilience around anything that we do. Now, I really hope today's episode helped you. Resilience is something that life has taught me a lot about in the last few years. And I used to have so many people come up to me and say, you're so courageous, you're so brave, you're so resilient. And it was really hard to believe at the time. It was really hard to believe that I was doing anything unique. However, what I've realized in my own process of recovery, the journey I've had towards being resilient in the long haul has been this. There are so many frameworks and techniques that I teach as a coach that actually contribute towards the resilience muscle. And I guess maybe a lot of me was more prepared for resilience in life than other people, because this is something I've worked on for years and years and years before any of this stuff happened to me. So if you're listening in, I hope that today's episode helped you. I hope that the techniques and frameworks that I discussed today are things that you can apply to your life in order to help us all survive 2020 a little bit better. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Sharon Pakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Please come on Instagram, follow me, tag me. If you're listening to this right now, take a screenshot, add it to your stories. I love knowing where my listeners are from and I love knowing that the podcast is something that made a difference in your life. Thank you everybody and see you next time.